The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. Today, I want to continue these discussions about broader issues in healthcare. Talk about the health of our country, the health of our domestic policy, the health of our foreign policy, the health of our family uh, status, the health of what the craziness is going on in our country. And I want to take this week to just talk to the audience directly without any uh, third party uh, discussion or interview. I want to talk about my beefs, if you will, with what's going on in the country. My observations as a layman out here in the hinterland talking about what's going on across the country and in Washington and around the world, because it just seems to me that the world has gone crazy. And there's a great song. I'm a granddad. My kids are asking me questions. And so I want to play this song to sort of set the tone for the rest of today's presentation. Sometimes it feels like world's gone crazy. So that's the famous judge song called Grandpa. Seems like the world's gone crazy. And that's what I want to talk about today, because if you're out there and you feel like me, you wonder how in the world did we get in this situation? And there are a lot of issues to talk about that I want to bring up today and see if you agree with me. See if you think the world's gone crazy. It seems upside down. Let's just start with the biggest thing that's affecting this country and our economy, and that's inflation. Now, why should that be any surprise? Well, if you think back, if you listen to any hearings or any political commentary, our inflation rate was supposed to be averaging 2%. This, the Federal Reserve and our economic uh, analysts in Washington, uh, Janet Yelton, who is our chief economist, said, oh, it's going to bounce around a little bit, but if it goes above 2%, that's just transitory. Well, you know, 50 years ago, I was in college learning about Economics 101, and it was no surprise to me at the time, and all of my investments have been shifted because it is so obvious how high inflation is going to be. Because there's two things about inflation, two things that create inflation. If you had the same amount of money in the system across the United States or even across the world, you had the same amount of money, but you have supply side um, uh, breakdowns, you have fewer goods to buy. So if you had the same amount of money with fewer goods, guess what? The people who want to buy those goods will price up those remaining goods to a higher level so they can buy the goods at a higher level. And everybody else just has to wait longer for the supply chain to be fixed. And guess what? If you have too much money in the system and you have the same amount of goods, you have the same issue where you have more money in people's hands, but the same amount of goods so that increased dollar amount that's in the system will bid up the prices of those goods that you have on hand. Well, lordy, 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 what's happened? We've got the worst of both worlds. We have a whole bunch of supply of money in the system that's been put out by both the Trump administration and the Biden administration, billions, trillions of dollars, some of which in the Trump case put it out because we were going through COVID and businesses were shut down. So they put money in the system because the system wasn't creating money through profits and revenue that was coming to companies. That was understandable. 
But then we added on top of that, when businesses started coming back, we added more money into the system through Biden's trillion dollars that they were putting in there. And so we had more money in the system. At the same time, we had supply chain breakdowns because a lot of the supply of goods was coming from China. A lot of it was coming from people who had COVID and had to break down uh, the um, delivery and production of goods in the United States. So we had the worst of both worlds. We had fewer goods and we had more money. Guess what that adds up to? It adds up to inflation. So this shouldn't be any surprise. So personally, I shifted my investments to be more dividend-oriented, not uh, high-growth-oriented, because guess what? Inflation also means that interest rates are going to come up. When interest rates come up, guess what happens to the stock market, folks? Well, for those of you out there that are good investors, you probably know already. But for the, the normal person who doesn't pay a lot of attention to all that, what is the value of a stock? The value of a stock is the present value of future earnings or future dividends. So you take those future dividends and you price the stock by discounting those and you get a price. And that's what you're willing to pay. So something like Microsoft, which doesn't pay a lot of dividends, but has got the prospects of paying out a lot in the future, you take those and you discount them back. Well, if you discount them back at a low interest rate, the stock price is up. If you discount those future profits at a high uh, interest rate, the stock is worth less. And let me give you a simple example. Let's say next year somebody wants to pay you $100, but interest rates are zero. Well, what's the value of that $100 uh, today? You're going to say, okay, interest rates are worth zero, so I'll take $100 today, or I'll take $100 uh, down the road. I'm willing to pay $100 for that $100. Well, what happens if interest rates are 10%? Well, that $100 down the road, I'll only pay you $90 for that because otherwise I could put $90 into an investment, make 10%, and I've got the $100 later on. So the prices drop when interest rates go up of, of what they call high PE, high price to earnings ratio of stocks. So all the high tech companies, look at Microsoft, look at Amazon, look at Facebook, any of those, those stock prices are down right now. And even if they're not down in the future, they're not going to go up as fast as they had because of rising interest rates. So if you're in the high-tech area, I would just warn you. I'm not a stock analyst. Don't take my advice, but I'm just telling you, take a look at the normal dynamics uh, for, for uh, investments. And that's what's happening in the stock market today. So inflation has a lot of impacts. Well, we talked about inflation in terms of the supply of money and the supply of goods. But guess what also pushes inflation? Well, everything that we do has to do with oil and gas. The delivery of trucks takes gas. The, the development of products, most of the products that you see have some sort of plastic in it, and that uh, has, has oil compounds in it. Any kind of uh, product that you have, I'll bet 75 80% of the products that you buy, whether it's the wrappings for your bread or whether it's your computer case or whether whatever it is, it's going to have oil products in it or byproducts in it, one or the other. And so as a result, those prices all go up for all the goods. It's not just gasoline that goes up, but the price of everything goes up. The delivery costs go up, the product themselves go up. And guess what? This administration, very first thing they did was shut down what, where we were energy independent. They shut down the Keystone Pipeline, which was going to be a major deliverer of almost a 900,000, almost a million gallons of, of gas and oil uh, per day. And 
that immediately means we're going to have less energy uh, to produce. Well, what happens when you don't produce much energy? The price of everything goes up because what you can do is cost more. And so the price of everything goes up. You can't get gasoline. So the price of gasoline goes up as do inflation. It is the craziest thing that anybody could ever do. It makes no sense whatsoever. The common person, I'm not an expert in any of this, but I can see it. I can see it developing. I could predict it. So why in the world is a Janet Yeldon just saying, oh, it's transitory. We're not going to have much inflation. It's going to bounce around 2%. Well, do you know what today, the latest expectation of the report for inflation that's out tomorrow is 8.5%. 8.5% inflation. That's even higher than it was the other month. With We saw, I think it was 7.9%. So it's just crazy. What happens when inflation is that high and the production costs are that much more? Well, it's not just gasoline. It's food prices. Food prices are going up. And when food prices start to go up, even those things that are produced in the United States, is there any reason why milk produced in the United States should be increasing as much as it is? Well, it's not that there's a supply chain distribution problem. The real problem, if there's a supply chain uh, breakdown, it's that the trucks can't get the uh, the milk to deliver to the grocery stores, can't deliver it to the processing plants. And that's because we've limited how much oil and gas that we can produce in the United States. It makes no sense whatsoever. Why are we doing that to ourselves? And, you know, the latest reports out are that all this green new energy propaganda that we're getting that tells us we need to do this, that fracking is the wrong thing to do, that oil and gas is a terrible thing to do. We're now finding out, and I think investigations will likely prove this out, that that is Russian in disinformation because they want us to shut down our, our energy independence. They want us to shut down the capability. Why? Because they've got the oil and gas, and they certainly don't worry about fracking or that worry about pollution or anything else. They're, what they do to produce oil is a far more impact, negative impact on the environment than anything that we do in the United States under the regulations we have that does it in a logical, clean way. But yet we're the ones shut down and they're producing and making Europe dependent on their oil and gas, on their liquid natural gas. It makes no sense whatsoever. How in the world can we as the leaders of the world, as the greatest country in this world, stop the production of energy when historically we know that the power of any empire, of any country, of any culture in the history of mankind is based upon basically the amount of energy that they can produce for their own people. And we're not doing that. And we are killing ourselves. We are killing the environment because it's going to be produced someplace that's not as well um, regulated in developing clean energy. Should we do more? Of Of course we should. But should we not do what we know we can do, what we can provide the world with um, natural gas, liquid natural gas? Of course we should be doing that. We can be shipping it to Europe, but we've got to have plants. You can't ship gas. You have to liquefy it. So we have to have ports. We have to have approvals. And the federal government is stopping that. They're holding those things up purposely. We're hurting ourselves. We're destroying our own economic base. We're destroying our own country. We're hurting ourselves internationally. We're giving power to the people that we don't want to give power to. What do we do when we can't uh, generate the oil and gas? We go to Venezuela 
run by a president that we don't even recognize as being president, a brutal dictator. Where else do we go? Iran, the biggest perpetrator of of terrorist acts uh, around the world. You know, where do we go? Russia? I mean, we're going to all the places that we don't want to go, and we become dependent on the craziest, most dangerous people in the world. Why? Because we're doing something to hurt the United States because of some crazy left-wing ideologues that don't want us to be energy independent. They want us to do whatever they want to do, but they have no sense of economics. They have no sense of international power and control and the impact it has on freedoms and liberties for other countries around the world. Well, I want to come back and talk about more of the craziness in this world that's going on uh, after this commercial break. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your healthcare freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we are talking about the world that's gone crazy. And I've been using the uh, Judge Grandpa song to sort of highlight the dramatic changes that have been going on before our eyes. It comes so quickly that for some reason we didn't see it coming. The changes are just uh, don't make any sense. The world is upside down. And so let me play the next segment of that Judge song because it hits us right where we ought to be thinking that the world's gone crazy. What about what happened from yesterday? So here's the judge once again for a short snippet of the problems that we're going to be continuing to talk about uh, today. Everything has changed so let's follow that judge song advice. Let's take a look at the past and see if the progress that we're talking about in education, in parental-child relationships, in parental-child-teacher relationship makes any sense whatsoever for those of us who have grown up in an entirely different environment. What we're doing today, got to make you just scratch your head. So let's start off with the biggest item that's hitting our children these days. Critical race theory. When critical race theory was brought up in the news, oh, people were saying on the left, that's not really being taught in school. Well, what is critical race theory? As I've done in other podcasts, it is just a piece of something broader under the rubric critical theory. Critical race theory is just one, and it tends to divide us. It's not any kind of unifying educational uh, material. 
what critical race theory does is say that because of the color of your skin, which you can't control, obviously, from your birth, that if you are one color, you're oppressed. If you're another color, you're the oppressor. And so there is no changing that. It's just whatever, however you're born makes you either good or evil or that you're being oppressed and played upon. But the opportunities aren't there for you if you're one color or another, or you have white privilege is the other term that kind of fits into there. The other part of critical race theory is says that this country was founded on racist ideas. Therefore, nothing can be right about our country. It's an original sin with no redemption. For those of you out here like me that are Christians, yes, there is an original sin of humanity. But when Jesus Christ came to save us, that is our Savior, to be to wipe away those sins of the past so we can look forward. We don't always have to look back to the sins of our forefathers, so we can get forgiveness by asking for it through Jesus Christ. But under the political structure of sin, you cannot be washed away of the original sin of racism. And today, the only way that I see that they say you can get rid of that sin is to become a liberal far leftist. If you do that, then everything you've done in the past is okay. You're, you're forgiven. But if you try to stick by any tri- kind of traditional values, any logical values, you're racist. CRT says that our country was founded in 1619 when the first slaves came to this country. Well, guess what? This country didn't exist in 1619. We had some colonies that were set up by other countries, but that was not our country. Our country was founded with the Constitution And in 1776, when we began our revolution, that's when the United States began and our Constitution built in it a process to get rid of slavery. And it was being gotten rid of across the world. Slavery was a worldwide phenomenon. It wasn't just the United States. It was an evil that existed across the world where any country that had more power over another country would go into that country, conquer it and enslave their people. Europeans were enslaved, the Croatians were enslaved, the Slavics were enslaved. In fact, the word slavery, the root of that is Slav. That's because the Slovakians were the first ones to be enslaved. So don't tell me that it's only the black people, the minorities that are enslaved. Everybody's been enslaved in their culture and their history from some part or the other. My family I'm European, I'm white, but part of my family was enslaved. Part of my family was dragged through the streets of Zurich and killed and and imprisoned because of their beliefs. So everybody's been enslaved or persecuted or oppressed in some way or fashion. If you look back in your history and do any real history and ancestry of your own family, you'll find that part of your family was came to the United States because of religious persecution, of economic persecution, of political persecution, whatever it was, we've all experienced that in our history. So we can't take one part of our culture, one part of our population and say that they were enslaved more than others. Yes, it was horrible. We brought them over involuntarily. All that is true. But our constitution was built to change all of that. And ultimately we did. Do we need to do more socially? Yes, we do. But that doesn't mean that we were founded on slavery and that original sin can never be bypassed because we have made changes to our constitution, we've made changes in our laws, and we have opened it up like no other country in the world has ever opened it up. So that's the problem with CRT and Project 1619. Let's talk about another aspect that's going crazy with our children these days. Why in the world does it make any sense? Is it progress? 
to be talking about sexuality to kindergartners to second grade? Do they even know what sex is at that point, or should they? I mean, is that really appropriate? Yet that's what we're promoting in schools these days. And when we pass laws, I live in Florida. Does it make any sense that Florida says you can't teach those things in classes from as part of the curriculum from kindergarten to second grade? It doesn't say that you can't talk about issues that might come up with an individual child or a discussion. It says you can't have it as part of the curriculum. The curriculum from our children used to always be the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. But that's no longer the case. Today, we've got to talk about sexuality. We've got to talk about LBGTQA+, whatever that is now. used to be that we couldn't even use the word queer, but now that's part of the LBGTQ as a description of that population. So some people are offended by it, some people are not. But why should we be talking about an article that I just read? says to a little boy, okay, if you're feeling like a girl, you may be a girl, even though you're your private parts are male. You could be. You could really be a girl. Does that make any sense? Are we confusing the heck out of kids? The same way with little girls. Your private parts might be, say you're a little girl, but if you're looking to feel like a boy, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. Why do we need to get into that kind of discussion? If little girls want to dig in the dirt and little boys want to play with dolls, that's fine. But why do we need to talk to them about sex? We can talk to them about their different feelings and their different thoughts about who they are or what they are. But then they go even further than that. They want to allow sexual mutilation of young children before they even know what they are, who they are. And kids at that age are all confused about different things. That makes sense. you got to go through that sort of understanding and you grow up and go through puberty. But if we're now going to give uh, hormone blockers to children and they want to do it without parental consent, what in the hell kind of world are we living in these days? And then you've got... Things like school boards that are trying to teach all this stuff in school. They have books in the libraries that make no sense. You can't even read those books in front of a school board because they shut you down and say that's not appropriate because little kids might be listening. Well, you have that material, school board, in your school libraries. And now you've got the teachers union that don't want the kids back in class. They've been holding them off in class in many of these states because of COVID excuses. Well, the teachers say, well, you know, we can't do it because we need to have kids masks, we need to have everybody vaccinated, oh, by the way, we need an increase in our pension funds and our retirement plans. It's not about the kids, and even the head of the teachers' union nationally has said in the past, this union doesn't exist to protect the kids, it exists to protect the teachers. And in some states where you have teachers' unions that can shut things down, they give the biggest political contributions to the Democratic Party, you see the Democratic Party supporting these idiot policies to keep our kids out of school and keep them out of learning. Are we going to fall behind other countries? Of course we will. We're already behind the other countries because we have such a poor educational system. We ought to have more choice. Let the money follow the student, not force people to go to neighborhood schools that are being poorly run, have poor education, have poor graduation rates, and are teaching their kids the wrong things. And what about corporations that are supporting all this stuff? of saying they, they, they want the child mutilations. They want the children to be talked about sexuality uh, before second grade. Take Disney as an example here in Florida. They say they want to promote getting rid of the policies that have been passed by this state. Well, you know, I'm lucky enough to live in the free state of Florida that has parental rights 
um, as an undergirding to what our, our state government is doing. So we've passed laws and regulations that say you can't do that to our children. You can't give them that kind of information. That's parental information. You want to teach them reading, writing, arithmetic. We don't want to teach them about how sex works in the first grade in kindergarten. They have no concept of that, nor should they at that age. Did you, as a listener, when you went to school, did you get sex education in kindergarten, first, second grade? I hope not. I hope that's something that's so new. That's why we're seeing the outrage. I'm sure it's been feeding in there. Yes, you get healthcare information. You get sanity and safe and sanitizing information. You get all those things to be have a clean body, but you don't need to get into how sex works, how children are born, how they're birthed, how conception works. That doesn't have any place in kindergarten through second grade. I know when I went to school, we didn't get into the kind of sex education until the eighth grade. And then we really didn't know what was going on. So if there's any saving grace from a conservative viewpoint, is that this radical left-wing agenda of anti-children and the political side, anti-parent, is going to destroy the Democratic Party. And they are so far left now, some of the controlling leadership of the party, is so they're so far left that moderate Democrats can't speak out and they're changing parties. Just take a look at um, Minnesota. Just last week, there were three board members, uh, school board members up that were promoting the idea and supporting and, and of, of CRT. And what happened to those people? For the first time in probably 40 years, Republicans were elected to those seats. Now, actually, those seats were not run as Republicans and Democrats, but it was clear to the voters who was taking the parent side and who was taking the political side that was hurting the kids. So from a political standpoint, it makes no sense to me why the Democrats keep pushing these issues that are working against the children, the education of our children. And I can tell you right now that the Democratic Party, to a large degree, has been winning past elections based upon the female vote. Females tend to be more supportive of Democrats than males in most elections. Well, that's no way to win over the female vote, especially female mothers. They're going to fight back. It's that female mama bear that's going to protect her kids at all costs. And so the Democratic Party is looking to hurt the children, and they're going to get hurt themselves in the next election or two. Well, stay tuned. You can tell I'm getting kind of passionate about this. Stay tuned. We're going to go into another area of how this world has gone crazy in the next segment. We'll be right back. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at service at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at service at outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. 
It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, and today we are talking about it's a world gone crazy. And here's another little snippet of a country song by Glenn Campbell that really tells the story of what we're trying to cover today. Villains have turned into heroes. The heroes have turned into heroes. The dealers all want to be lovers, and the lovers all want to Boy, isn't that the truth? The world has gone crazy. You got heroes being turned into being evil people and evil people being turned into heroes. Let's talk about that in this segment. Let's talk about defund the police. Who would have ever thought that with crime rising, with problems in our inner cities, people being shot, people being pushed off of subway stations into uh, oncoming trains, people being randomly attacked on the streets, being stabbed, being pushed, being mugged, being looted in broad daylight, and nobody does anything about it, that we would want to defund the police. Let's have fewer police force out there protecting the public so we can create more chaos. Sounds like Marxist theory to me. That's what they all want to do, and the Marxists is to create chaos in the streets. Well, we've seen what happens in Seattle, in Portland, New York City, what's happening in Chicago, Minneapolis, around the world, where so much increasing crime has happened because, God forbid, that we go after the criminals, that we identify criminals in areas. And if those areas happen to be minority communities, where the poorest of poor among us are being brutalized and picked on by other people, people in their own community, that we can't go in and stop that. Well, I guarantee you, living in any kind of suburban community, if we had people in a gated community as an example, creating the kind of crime and disruption among the neighbors. We would be asking for police to come in there. We want more secure, more more patrols. But politically correct these days, that far-left ideology is, no, we can't, we can't have more police because they're arresting the wrong color of people, the wrong nationality of people. We're picking on people who are here as, as illegal immigrants that are causing crime or killing people or raping uh, people, raping little kids. Well, we can't go after them because that's somehow now a politically correct, protected class. It's absolutely insane. It's upside down. And some of the areas now are finding that it doesn't work, that increase in crime, the politicians are coming around. Why? Not because they've changed their beliefs, because the people in those communities are fed up 
and they're voting him out of office. And I can tell you right now, having worked in the political arena a good part of my life, they know the greatest danger to a politician is not getting reelected. And that's happening around the country. Hopefully somebody somewhere in this country wakes up and we got to move away from these crazy ideologies. What about defunding the border patrol? My goodness, we got an invasion coming in. Millions of people now, probably two million or more people today coming in from other countries. And it's not just Central America. Ukrainians is an example. We're having trouble getting visas to come to the United States. The way they do, they fly to Mexico and come across the border illegally. That's the best way and easiest way to get into the United States. And people from terrorist countries, from Yemen, from Iran, from Pakistan, they're coming into the United States through our southern border because our government is not protecting the people. They're not living up to their constitutional responsibilities of protecting the United States, of upholding our Constitution, of following the rule of law. There's no rule of law that says we have to open our borders and let anybody and everybody in. But it's related to some of the other issues I believe that we've talked about. If they're losing support of people in the United States who want to live free, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is their dream to be able to get ahead, to live up to their capabilities, to provide for their family. When that's not working for the Democratic Party, what do they do? They import new voters. They give them free cell phones. They give them free health care. They give them free education. And then they think they're going to vote Democrat for the rest of their lives. Well, guess what? The Hispanic community, the black community that lives here knows that they are the ones being hurt the most. The Democratic Party historically was always very proud of the fact that they were the champions of the poor and the downtrodden, and the Republicans were this rich country club group of people who didn't care about average Americans. Well, that has totally flipped on its head. President Trump brought in the idea to the Republican Party that they need to take care of the blue-collar worker. He was a blue-collar billionaire. He focused on the middle-class people and the lower-class people. He told them at the lower end of our economic spectrum, what have you got to lose? And he created economic zones. He funded the historically black colleges like they had never been funded before. He looked at the inner cities and said, we will help at the federal government. I know that those areas that are controlled by local governments and those local Democrats would not let President Trump come in and take the help that he offered to clean up those areas, to help with the crime and the poverty that was going on in those areas. He could do things nationally, which he did, everything he could do. But if you're denied by local government and state governments from coming in, there wasn't much more that he could do. But the Democratic Party has flipped the other way. They don't care about the little guy. They don't care about the poor. They don't care about the minorities that are stuck in inner cities that don't have the opportunities that everybody else has. Most of their money is coming from Wall Street. It's exactly the opposite. But, you know, old myths die hard. Democrats don't understand that the Democratic Party that they keep voting for is not the Democratic Party of 20 or 30 years ago when you had Democrats like Scoop Jackson and Sam Nunn and many others that were moderate to conservatives in their own view, and they were the ones that were helping the downtrodden. Those are the ones that had the policies that made sense. But that's not the Democratic Party today. Defunding the Border Patrol is just opening up the borders. They get flooded. They don't have enough people. Uh, the suicide rate among Border Patrol agents is at historic highs because they feel that they are being ignored, that they are being put down, that their jobs aren't important, and they're being moved from what they're trained to do 
and that is control the border, to doing paper pushing for illegals that come in and getting them on buses and getting them plane tickets and sending them off to wherever in this country they're going to go. And you know what's happening as a backlash to this. The governor of Texas, Abbott, is getting together a stream of buses to take those immigrants that come in the United States where the federal government is taking them and sending them to Florida and Pennsylvania and all around the country. Governor Abbott's going to take those folks and send them up to Washington, D.C., bus after bus load. And what's happening in Florida? Governor DeSantis has got $8 million in his current budget, and he's going to take those people that come into Florida illegally, put them on a, a new bus, and sending them up to uh, Biden's home state of Delaware. That's what's happening in this country. It's crazy. It's madness. And it's got to stop. We're ruining our country, not because we're xenophobic or don't like these people or hate people from other countries. Those people are not even getting tested for COVID. They're bringing in diseases that we have conquered in this country before. We're not treating them where they are. And, you know, the president of those countries, president of of Ecuador, was saying the United States is giving a brain drain. Some of the smartest and best and most mobile people in their country are leaving to come to the United States because of all the benefits that they see here. But they're not staying in their own country to help produce the goods and services and be the entrepreneurs in their country. They're coming to the United States. They're coming illegally. They could apply. They could come here. That's fine. But they're all coming illegally, and we're draining those countries of the most productive people, the most thoughtful people, the most energetic people are getting out of those countries instead of staying there and helping to solve some of the problems. Well, we see the increase in crime. It's crazy in these cities, Chicago, New York, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles. I was just out at the Super Bowl. You know, in the Super Bowl area, we stayed in a hotel, and two weeks prior to that, it was filled with tent people, with homeless people. And they cleared all those out because they had people coming in from around the world to go to the Super Bowl. Well, where did they put those people? Well, even before the Super Bowl and this cleaning out of the tent cities they had there, they're taking government money, state money, um, taxes from local Californians, and they're paying for hotel rooms, for long-term hotel rooms. They're paying for clinics that give people free heroin, uh, giving them shots to um, satisfy them so they don't have to be doing it out in the street. But there are so many people there, they're not moving them into any help centers, any real care. You walk through the streets of Los Angeles and San Francisco and you see 10 after 10 after 10 and drugs and feces on the street and people being robbed and, and, and all sorts of crime that happens right there in those areas. They're unsafe for anybody. And in some cases, they've even had tent cities in school parking lots when schools were closed down for COVID. But when schools started back up, the government wouldn't move those people out. So you had drug addicts, you had needles, you had heroin, you had cocaine, you had all the, the, the terrible things of life that somebody can be exposed to. And the kids to getting to school had to walk by all that because the politicians wouldn't even move people away from those school areas. It's absolute madness. And then what about the use in our government of the FBI? The FBI was put on to um, people who are protesting about this at school boards of the craziness that's going on with the teachers and the, the classes and the, the CRT and the sexuality of our young children. All that's, that ought to be a crime. That ought to be a pedophile. That ought to be abuse of children, the way they're, they're acting. But then 
The school boards and the politicians in those areas are so far left they can't see themselves for what harm they're doing to our children, to our community. From our basic principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they're, they're destroying our schools, which are destroying our children. If our children hear this in classroom day after day, they don't know any better. They're being taught they're in, they're in school probably more than they're at home after school between when the parents get home and bedtime, and the parents don't have the same amount of time, don't even know what they're supposed to be countering uh, from what crud they're getting taught in school. So things have got to change. Our own government just can't control and keep us safe these days anymore. And so we have a breakdown in society. We have a breakdown. But by gosh, what's going to happen starting this November is these politicians are going to be voted out of office. And thank goodness people are waking up to the craziness that's going on. And one of the benefits of having Zoom classrooms is that parents were finally able to see into the classrooms and see what garbage the teachers are, are putting into our kids' heads. They're finally going to school boards and seeing what the problems are with the school boards and what they're allowing to be promoted in the school. The teachers have been taught themselves in very liberal colleges, and they're bringing that same far-left liberalism into the schools, into the classroom, and teaching our kids that, and we've got to stop it. We've got to have people out there involved, we've got to people knowledgeable about what's going on, and run for office even if they've never run before. And we're seeing that here in our own community, even in Florida, where we have basically the free state of Florida with laws against a lot of this, we're getting people upset about the liberal philosophies that might be on existing school boards to prevent them from ever putting this garbage into our kids' heads. And so we have mothers who have been homeschooling in some instances, running for school boards, running for uh, state offices so that all this stuff uh, can be prevented and we get back to the basic values in schools of reading, writing, arithmetic, and protecting our communities with police properly funded, with our borders uh, secure, with uh, uh, putting criminals away and keeping them from polluting our community. Well, let's take another quick break, and we're going to come back and let me vent a little bit more about the world that's gone crazy. Be right back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. And today, 
is my vent day. I get to talk about all the things that seem upside down in this world. Things are just crazy and certainly don't match up with my uh, basic principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We've talked about the economic issues of inflation, food prices, gas prices. And then we talked about uh, schooling issues of critical race theory and uh, teaching our kids about sexuality in kindergarten and the defund the police and uh, all the craziness of the open borders policy and the homeless that's uh, just rampant this country with no help for anybody. We've talked about the difference in political philosophies between Republicans that are trying to work on improving the middle class opportunities and helping the people at the lower end to actually get ahead. And the contrast with the Democratic Party that seems to be an anti-parent party, anti-child party these days, makes no sense. They're anti-American party. So now, let me give you one more uh, snippet from the Dewey brothers and their understanding of the craziness that's going on in this world. Let's listen to the Dewey brothers. As the Doobie Brothers said, I'd like to go back to the simpler times. The world has gone crazy and I'm about to lose my mind. Well, we know, everybody knows that the world is changing rapidly and we've got to keep up with it. But sometimes the way the world is changing makes no sense. And sometimes it seems that it's just based upon the political structure that happens to be in power, that they want to move people, that not... They're not getting voted for what the American people want, but what they want. And they want to stay in power to do what they want, not what the people want. So in this final segment, let's talk about some of the other craziness that's going on, especially in Washington, D.C. Let's talk about the Center for Disease Control. Well, what's been happening up there? Well, I remember the Surgeon General a year or two ago in a congressional hearing holding up a mask and saying, I would rather have this mask, there's more protection from this mask than there's ever going to be from a vaccine, because he didn't believe in vaccines. And then they wonder why people aren't willing to go out and get the vaccine. The CDC has said the times that masks weren't needed, and they were lying to us because they didn't want people to go get masks at the time. They wanted to save them for the hospital workers and the first-line workers. But then after that was taken care of, they said, now you got to wear masks. And they even said your children have to wear masks. And you have kindergartners, three or four-year-olds, if you're going to take them into a store or take them on an airplane, they got to wear a mask. doesn't matter if the child might have asthma, might have other conditions that would make it difficult to breathe through a mask. No, you've got to have masks. And then when it comes to uh, the shots, the vaccines, it doesn't matter if you've had COVID and have natural immunities. No, you've got to have, you've got to have the shot that the government wants. And if you don't, the government has suggested penalties. They try to mandate penalties, and then they wind up, because of court conditions, just trying to encourage companies to say, if you haven't been vaccinated, you ought to be firing these people. You ought not let them work. But what the federal government did on people that they do control, in the military, for example, they said, if you're not vaccinated, you're in the military at a time when we need the most military, the best military we can have. We're in what could be the beginning of World War III. We're certainly in the first uh, war in 70 years in Europe. We need to protect ourselves. We need to have the ability to operate on two fronts, in China where they're stirring up the pot with Taiwan, and Russia in Europe. What do we do? 20% of our military, a significant portion of us, not 20%. 
are being told they can't be in the military anymore. They may have had COVID, but because they haven't gotten the shot, they've got to be dismissed and even given dishonorable discharge. There's been lots of court cases, and hopefully some of those people who would otherwise get kicked out will stay, but we've had many people uh, retire, resign, and get kicked out of the military, and we're just weakening our national defense. It makes no sense. We're not following any science. If we did, we wouldn't be masking up little kids who have shown no uh, capability to really transmit COVID, even when it was the original COVID um, uh, strain. And now they're still talking about making kids mask. Oh, but do they mask anybody at the border? No, no mask at the border. Do you have to mask on airplanes? Yes, you mask on airplanes, even though you've got the best filtration systems that you could possibly have. There's no evidence that it would be transmitted on the airplane. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But even the airline CEOs are saying, let's get rid of the mask mandate. It makes no sense. If you're on a plane from Atlanta to Anchorage, Alaska, a seven-hour flight, you're going to wear a mask the whole time. You can only take it off when you're eating or drinking. And so you try to stretch out that period of time. You try to go to the restroom where you can take off your mask because it makes you faint trying to breathe through there. And, and people are putting on masks very loosely so that the stewardess doesn't come around until you have to cover your mouth or your nose you know, when you're trying to actually breathe. It makes no sense. It's not following any science whatsoever. Now, what about um, busing from state to state? We talked about that earlier. Are the um, illegal immigrants being given uh, masks to go on buses? Are they giving masks to go on airplanes? It makes no sense whatsoever. And we've got a population in this country that where the military is being fired, where hospital workers, at the time you need hospital workers in there taking care of people. We've got an older population, even without COVID or any of the complications thereof. You have an aging population that needs good medical care, good health care workers. And yet hospitals are firing people. Even if they have the natural immunity that's not being recognized, they're having to fire people. Why? Because the federal government says if you get federal funds for your hospital system, Medicare, Medicaid, you have to abide by federal mandates and have people um, with um, uh, with the shots and now with boosters. And now we got a, a fourth shot, a, a second booster on top of the original two shots that you had with Moderna and Pfizer. I guess we're going to have a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. We're going to have annual ones, kind of like the flu. Well, it gets down to the flu, that uh, type of um, of uh, illness. Uh, shouldn't we, again, like the flu, it's be voluntary. You go out, you don't have any government mandate. You don't know whether the, the shot is going to adversely affect you or not, and you want to wait, or you don't want to have it at all, and you're willing to come down with the flu and take care of yourself and recover. All that ought to be voluntary. When did it ever give the government the right uh, to tell me what I have to take into my body? So it makes no sense. And we have people in this country. I'll go a little different direction here. We have people in this country who are bringing whatever they call their own culture into communities that are totally different. I live in Florida, and we have spring break going on. Well, we had people come down for spring break. Uh, young college kids, uh, 20-somethings that are out of college just looking to create trouble. It's fine if they want to come down and just enjoy the beach and the sun and have some fun like they used to 30, 40, 50 years ago. But no, the current teenage population that comes down is much more violent. 
they come down, they take over. In fact, they use that phrase. I live in Destin, Florida. They talk about take over Destin. And they send it out in uh, social media. Let's go and take over Destin. They want to come down and they want to create havoc and trouble, break laws, alcohol and drugs and open sex in the streets. We've seen that. We've seen that in Panama City where they went into Walmart and just trashed Walmart, almost like looters going in. We don't need that in civil society. But yet that's what's happening when we have no law enforcement. We have people who are just not given the right kind of upbringing with the morals that they need to be able to live and in civil society and respect the rights of others. We are not able to do that these days with the craziness that's going on throughout our society. We've got to be able to change. And I want everybody listening to this to think about how you can make a difference. How can you make a change in this country to all the craziness that we've been talking about? Well, you have a power that not even the government can take away. Yes, they can try to distort it. They can play games with it, and they have. But you have the power, one big power that our founding fathers gave you to make changes and get us back to some level of normalcy, some level of decency, some level of respecting neighbors, love your neighbor as yourself, the golden rule, and that is the vote. You've got to get out in this November and vote some of these crazies out of office all the way from the school board up to the Congress, your state legislative offices as well. Anybody in any kind of elected office, you need to ask them what their what their um, uh, thoughts are about all these issues that we've been talking about today. You got to find out what their ideology is. You got to find out what they're willing to do in terms of our children, in terms of education. And it doesn't matter that they don't have responsibility for things like the border if it's a local election. But find out what their thinking is. What find out what their thinking is about um, partial birth abortion, abortion, Roe v. Wade, gun rights. There's all sorts of issues that are important because if they don't follow your beliefs on some of these issues, you need to be sure they're not elected at the lower level so that they don't ultimately get into power at a higher level. So find out today what their thinking is, what their ideology is, and be sure to cast your vote appropriately and go out and get your friends who think like you that want to get back to some level of civility in our country to also get out and vote. You can't go out and do ballot harvesting as the Democrats have tried to do. You can't go to nursing homes with people who don't know what they're even thinking about, that they have other cognitive issues, and go out and just say, sign this paper, and I'll, I'll, I'll send your vote in. That's the illegality that's been going on in this country for some time, and some states even promote that. And they, they recognize it, but again, it's the only way some of these politicians can stay in power and that's by cheating on the edges because many elections are very close. Country is evenly divided in many ways between the people that are trying to change this country dramatically to a more socialist, even Marxist perspective, and those people who like the Eurocentric values that have been brought to this country and have helped to raise more people out of poverty, to help more people to advance civilization more than any other uh, culture or, or origin of, of people. You don't have to be Eurocentric in terms of your color or your nationality or anything else, but the values of opportunity, of private property, of life, liberty, and that pursuit of happiness ought to cross 
all lines. Doesn't matter. You can call it Eurocentric if you want, but it is world centric in my opinion. It ought to be something that anybody can and should support. Find out what your local elected officials are doing. Get your head up and out of whatever you're otherwise doing, because this is the most important thing. If you want to save this country, but more importantly, if you want to save your children, you know, at my age, none of this is going to affect me. I've worked a long, hard time, and I've been very blessed. So a lot of this is never going to affect me, no matter what they do. We can turn into a Marxist society tomorrow, and I'll probably survive just as well for whatever remaining years I have. But it's my kids and grandkids that I'm worried about, and anybody listening to this program needs to have that same perspective. What about my kids and grandkids? What about future generations? Can they not have an opportunity to live in a country as free and open as this country is and was, to opportunity, to advancement, to getting ahead based upon your own merit and your own decisions, your own choices? You should be able to make those and not be mandated by government on how you're going to live your life or restricted by government on what they don't like you to be able to do. Well, I've ended enough today. I hope uh, my audience has stayed with me. Uh, please join us again next week on America's Web Radio, and we'll have more interesting talks and topics and guests uh, to speak about many of the issues that are affecting you and your life. We'll see you next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.